Welcome to The Way Podcast, where I feature ordinary people with extraordinary stories. In an effort to maximize authenticity, I do not plan to edit any episodes, and what you hear will be raw and unfiltered. I do not work off the script for the episodes, so you will frequently hear the guests and I thinking out loud and stumbling over our words. I wish I was more eloquent in some of my ramblings, but that is not real life. I hope you enjoy the guests and their stories as much as I do. All right, everyone, welcome back. This is The Way Podcast, episode four. I'm joined by my friend, Logan White. Logan, how you doing today, man? Good, man. I'm good. Excited to uh, do this with you. Yeah, I think uh, you, have a, you have a pretty interesting story and kind of doing a lot of different things, kind of going through a big change in your life. So definitely interested to hear some of that. Um, yeah. So to kick it off, why don't you tell me a little bit about maybe like growing up, um once you maybe once you move to forney and then growing up from there yeah absolutely i mean biggest thing man is like you know i'm from a small town east texas uh and um coming to forney was a massive change for me and that was 11 years ago but i got here in middle school you know what i mean going from a high school that was smaller than the middle school so you know the kids the atmosphere the environment the community was a big change and then you know just adapting to that uh, and continuing to, uh, you know, really just grow up and then, you know, find a lot of new friends and a lot of different habits and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, a lot of stuff changed, obviously, you know, when, you know, Matthew passed away, you know, um, when we were, what, 16, you know, going into sophomore year of high school. So that was a big deal. And uh, it changed, that, you know, my perspective on a lot of things in life and it's pretty much slowed everything down and shows um you know, how important life is and how fast it can go away, you know, and things that don't want to take granted or take for granted, you know. Um, right. And then really just, you know, becoming who I became through high school, you know, one of my biggest problems I, I, I faced with was school, you know, like just dealing with like I had dyslexia. So dealing with that um, uh, and um, dealing with dyslexia and then on top of that, dealing with, you know, just a lot of ups and downs when it came to school, man, I wasn't the best student and just trying to get through it, play, play sports and stuff like that. I mean, so I wouldn't say nothing was really too hard, you know, growing up. I, I came from a middle-class family, you know what I mean? And right. didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, I wasn't, um, you know, poor by any means. I didn't have a lot of sacrifices when it came to that, but just finding myself and stuff like that, it was definitely kind of difficult moving and, and um, meeting new people and dealing with people that, you know, friends and stuff that passed away. And so, okay, you know, that was a big part of my childhood. Yeah. I mean, you talked about like a couple of things or a few things there that I kind of want to touch on. So like you also moved to a new town when I uh, was going into middle school. And I think for me that kind of, I don't know if I knew it at the time, but gave me opportunity to kind of recreate myself or kind of, kind of get that clean slate. Um, because you know, once, once you've been somewhere, people see all your flaws, see your, I mean, they see your good, they see your bad, but they kind of just have that image of you and that perception of you and it kind of just sticks. So can you talk a little bit about not even necessarily just moving to Forney, but like starting a new school or when you went to college, like things like that, these opportunities in life, you know, to recreate ourselves. Right. I mean, it was just different, man, because like I said, I'm from East Texas you know, in like 
the things that we did when I was growing up and the things that I did in middle school, completely different from my friends that did it here, like outside on the four wheeler, man, a lot of land, small town, not a lot of things to do, go out to eat. You know what I mean? Not a lot of, you know, movie theaters or malls. There was really nothing, man. If, if anything, you had to drive a whole hour to do anything fun. So like when I got here, it was just adjusting to all the stuff that, you know, that was around and, um, being a new kid, you know, going to a massive school, you got to find friends. And that was pretty easy for me, obviously. But, uh, like the big thing was, like I said, just adjusting to that the environment and the community, um, you know, really to touch on that, like, like drugs, you know what I mean? Like drugs and girls, um, a lot of different things involved when you come to a city like Dallas compared to, you know, where I was from. So that, that really opened my eyes and just took a lot of getting used to. And then on top of that, uh, you know, it, I think it changed me in a way of like the way I view things and in terms of, um, you know, I didn't want to go and do all the like bad things, but also didn't want to like be the same small town kid. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like a, like, Oh, let me, let me, let me just get a feel for what I'm doing as I'm growing up and, you know, try not to get in trouble and try not to be a fucking you know jackass kid but uh but still at the same time you know just trying to keep my head on straight so it was just it was it was a definitely big change I didn't know nobody you know what I mean I had no family up here like absolutely no family from from Dallas Fort Metroplex like my family's six ten hours away you know four hours away like so you know what I mean so it's basically right. so it was a massive difference but having a brother and a sister you know, obviously my sister was in your grade, you know what I mean? So like having that just kind of helped, you know, having a sibling in high school and a brother a little younger than you. So, but I mean, how was it? I mean, when did you, you moved here in middle school too, right? Yeah. So yeah. my sixth grade going into seventh grade from Mesquite, yeah. <laughs> from Mesquite to Forney. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that was a big change for me. You know, Mesquite's totally different or it was yeah, right. at the time. It was a lot more different than Forney, but yeah, it was, a, it was a good yeah. opportunity. Like in Mesquite, honestly, like when I was younger, there's a lot of good athletes out there. So I didn't really stand out athletically. Speaking. Right. Um, but I think it goes back to like, again, like just the perception. So like when you're playing on the same team and maybe you don't start off as one of the better players, then you never really get that second look. So I got to move right. to, move to yeah. Forney, start as being able to stand out a little bit more and and make a name for well, the, yeah to touch on that man I mean I, I moved here and basketball was like my thing I played baseball I wasn't really big into football I played you know what I mean but like basketball was my thing and so was baseball but um I remember on the basketball court dude I was like I got put on b team right and the first game I had like 25 or like 30 points dude and um everybody was like oh my god like who was this kid this is and that but I was on b team and I'm watching some of my friends you know I'm just like, why am I here? Why am I? And that's part of being a new kid in new school, like not having a reputation or anything like that. But, um, you know, coming a year late, but at the same time, you know, it was just crazy to me because you fat, you, you know, fast forward four years later, I'm one, me and, you know, obviously another buddy were the, I'm one of the ones that gone off to play college basketball out of the high school that not a lot of kids. I mean, there's probably what five or six kids in the past, like, seven or eight years that played for Forney high that went and played actually college basketball. So, I mean, you fast forward four years later and you're just kind of like, wow, like I was four years ago, I'm, you know, or five years ago, I'm on B team. And then, then I'm one of the first kids to go play college ball in over five years from a high school. You know what I mean? So it was, uh, 
definitely, definitely uh, pretty, uh, you know, I felt really accomplished because, right. you know, I, where, I, where I started and then where I finished and all the people that I thought were better than me, you know what I mean? It's just a lot of, a lot of grind, a lot of hustle throughout those years, you know, Absolutely. and then getting to play college ball, you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. definitely crazy. Yeah. And then, so another thing that you touched on in that, that kind of opening, your opening remarks was you talked about Matthew's passing and how that kind of forced you to slow down and take each day for what it is. And that's something yeah. that, that's something that I honestly struggle with right now. It's like, mm-hmm. I have a lot of just due to, due to my job in the military. Like I have a lot of milestones that are already set for me. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I find myself, just kind of looking forward to that next chapter and not even really getting to slow down and enjoy the moment. So I was curious, like if you could talk about Matthew's passing, like how it forced you to slow down and how, you know, yeah, you, I you mean, that perspective. Right. Anybody that's listening to this and everybody that, you know, is our friends and family. So they know about the accident, you know, I mean, kind of hit a hit home for the, the whole city, man. And for a lot of people, like for a long time. And I was, one of the three kids that was on the scene, you know what I mean? That, that saw the accident firsthand. I was actually there, um, you know, and uh, hanging out with them every day and just being closer to them, closer to him than everybody else that, that knew him, you know what I mean? And just being there like on the scene and then seeing it happen was, you know, it still runs through my head. You know what I mean? I can close my eyes and still see everything. So it was, it was a massive change in my life, 16 years old just like wow like it can be gone like that so like a lot of the ruckus that I did a lot of things that I went through man I just changed up and then going forward I just would try to be you know better in the sense of like you know my awareness um my time my uh you know my decisions the things that I would do you know what I mean I wouldn't want to go do stupid stuff I wouldn't want to get into drugs I wouldn't want to you know do stuff that cause you know somebody else pain you know and so that was a that was a big deal man like in high school for us you know for for me and Chaz um you know that's why we're so close and that's why a lot of people I I would say respect us and then you know obviously you know we've all we've had other friends too you know throughout the years as well that have passed on some stuff on some stuff too so it was a big big change man and that's that's something that I recommend to everybody like take advantage and you know hold on to the time that you have with your people and your friends and your family because it can go really quick and just don't take it for granted like just your normal days you know what I mean absolutely yeah man like I think unless people have a a, you know a tragic accident like that or you know it's is involved in something like that they don't really fully grasp that Mm -hmm. even myself I don't think I necessarily fully do even though I try to but you know, I think we have to make each day like it, you know, a masterpiece, you know, honestly, right. and like make it memorable. Like we can't just waste days. Like I find myself, you know, you, you know, you have your lazy days, like on a weekend, right, right. on a Sunday. Right. right. And, it, and it feels nice in a moment, but then looking back, it's like, man, did I just waste that day? Yeah, no, hundred percent. And then the question I have for you too, man, like leaving high school and, I know that's a massive change from going from Texas to 
all the way up north you know what I mean like mm-hmm. so far from your family starting something that's very structured you know getting going into the naval academy and going into something that was so structured man and beyond like some of the things that I've encountered like just the the missing home and the friends and the family but really just like the nitty-gritty of like the daily task you had to do like and just you know it, it, it's a you know the navy the army the marines all that I mean that's that's a hard you know that's something that normal person just doesn't go and do you know what I mean so like tell me kind of how that was like your transition there like I bet that was pretty crazy yeah so I think this kind of gets back to what you know we're talking about a second ago like whenever I went there in my mind I had already made up like this is only going to be four or this is going to be four years after this four Mm -hmm. years you know I'll be on to something else right so even within that, I broke it down to like, oh, my first time home will be Christmas break, blah, 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 you know? So I'm always looking forward to that next opportunity to like go home or right. move on. And I never really got to enjoy the moment. Um, so that that part, like it's kind of unfortunate and something I kind of regret. But on the other side, yeah. talking about like missing family and stuff. I mean, we stayed so busy there, you know, with classes right. and other obligations that you didn't really have time to think about a lot of that stuff, but definitely met some of my closest friends and some really good people up there. So yeah, I don't think no, I'm for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I can only imagine, you know, but um, yeah. yeah, I figured I'd ask you that question just because it's definitely, I mean, that's a life changing thing going from one place to another that's across the country. So yeah, I've gotten, I've gotten used to change and I kind of embrace it now. Like I said, it's, it's always an opportunity to kind of, start fresh new group of people you know put your best foot forward and allow people to see your best self so i've started to embrace that kind of change but um right. the the last thing i want to touch on from that from your opening points is you talked about you know you kind of grew up comfortably didn't really have any major adversity you know within your family life and we were just talking about uh last chance you the basketball uh, yeah season and the coach, I don't know if you got to that part in the season yet, but the coach was talking about how he was brought up, right. um, you know, in Compton and stuff like that and how his negative upbringing is what caused him to be who he is today. So right. I wonder what your opinion was on, do you think that's true? Like people who go through the most adversity end up being better for it in the end? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I think, you know, you take life as it is and you continue to push forward and, and, you know, and, and continue to, you know, keep going and growing as a person, because, you know, you know, there's, there are people that, you know, like, for instance, I can't, I, I, I can't necessarily say I speak for those people, but I, but I know, and, you know, just all the things that you, you see, you, you learn and you hear is, you know, there are people that go through massive adversity, you know, like um, go through poverty and stuff and don't ever make it out because of the life decisions that they make, you know what I mean? But then there's people that, go through all those things and next thing you know they're millionaires or they're professional athletes or actors or whatever so like for me like I wasn't I wasn't I mean by far was not rich you know what I mean I was middle class like we, we didn't you know it's not like I missed Christmases and birthdays but uh, at the same time I, I wasn't living luxury and going on any trip that I wanted to and going wherever I wanted and had the things that I want you know what I mean I'm just just a normal middle class family you know what I mean hard-working parents that uh, yeah supported me so I mean, I think it kept me really humble. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, like if I was, you know, it just you know, kind of depends. You know what I mean? Like, I'm grateful the way I grew up. I'm grateful, you know, how I uh, 
you know, got to where I am today. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I can't change the background or anything that I went through, but, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it was, I wouldn't say it was hard. I mean, obviously there's challenging times, you know what I mean? There's a bunch of different things, but you know, it was, uh, being a middle-class family was, um, just a normal, you know what I mean? And I just kind of took my, uh, took my lessons and took the things that I, that I grew up with and I learned and just took them to my adulthood, you know, cause obviously, man, you can be a middle-class kid, but you can get into drugs, you can get into things that, uh, right make turning you around you know what i mean like it doesn't really it just depends on the person and your intentions so you know that's kind of going fast forward into like where i grew up and then how everything prevailed from there and sports and all that stuff and just and then into my adulthood you know so yeah um, if you want to touch on that um uh, you know we definitely can as well yeah um we can definitely pivot into that i was just going to say before we move on um I think one of the biggest things, so, you know, not, not everyone has a tough upbringing. Not everyone can go through the same adversity. Right. Um, but I think it's important to, if you don't go through that, to learn from other people's struggles, you know, so right. be fortunate that you never had to go through something like that. But then at the same time, understand what other people are going through um, and how they yeah, overcome yeah, that. that. So you can, so you can internalize yeah. it without having to go through it yeah that's honestly pretty uh spot on man so like like i said being a middle-class child not really going through too much when it comes to like you know like nothing like poor or rich you know you know poverty nothing like that but like i had friends that did you know kind of live in poverty man i had friends that i played ball with i had friends that um you know hung out at their houses and you know i didn't look at them any different but you know they grew up in trailer parks or they um you know didn't have a father figure they didn't have a mother you know what i mean they didn't have those things that kind of set in stone so like <clears throat> that's a big thing man like i don't look at anybody different and i don't i don't judge anybody off of like how they were raised or how they you know um came up because like i've been with those friends and those families man that did struggle you know right. didn't have anything and then had friends that had everything you know had friends that were richer richer than rich you know what i mean so i got to see both sides of of the world at a young age you know middle school to high school getting to see friends that uh you know had a lot and had like really nothing you know and so it kind of put me in perspective of like oh wow you know that's uh you know just take what you have as a blessing and, and exactly. move forward with it mm-hmm. you know that's good you're able to see both sides um yeah. all right so now let's pivot into you graduating um high school so i know you went to go play basketball but kind of talk about your mindset what was like your five-year plan coming out of high school were you gonna like hoop try to go d1 like what was the plan for the like five years out of high school or something like that yeah i mean graduated school man went and played at junior college you know what i mean and my plan was to play there for two years get my basics and then continue to play another university if it was d2 d1 you know depending on how, how much better i got you know and i had some opportunities to go to division one I. I had a couple schools that recruit me but I just the love for the game kind of fell away and then I just I just stopped playing but um uh the plan was like I said get my basics and then play four years of college ball and going into school I kind of wanted to go into criminal justice so I wanted to uh, get a criminal justice degree and become like um you know not that's not a police officer but like uh you know, like a, like a, an agent, like, you know, um, something in the federal bureau, if it's, uh, cause that's kind of what my dad did, you know what I mean? So like okay. being a, a detective or being a, um, you know, 
a federal agent that, uh, you know, whatever the case is, like homicide unit or, um, you know, whatever, whatever comes with, with that, you know, just getting into that field somehow, like there was SWAT or even the police was, you know, even police was a, an option, just getting into the criminal scene and the, the justice scene. Cause that's kind of how I grew up. Right. Um, that was, that was the plan. So the first year of college, I took those courses and, um, you know, really wanted to, uh, get into, uh, get into that, um, you know, become something in that, uh, in that, um, uh, how you say that word uh, in that field or whatever, but um, mm-hmm. it just didn't really happen. I, I stopped playing ball because, you know, I just didn't have the passion to love for it anymore after, you know, because really what changed my whole mind, man, was because I got recruited. And when I got recruited, my coach left and then kind of put me on the back burner to where I was just constantly trying to earn for a spot. Okay. And it was just downhill, man. I just could never really turn the corner on that. And I was just kind of put far behind. So like my love for the game went away because I would say my coach, um, which if I could do it all over again, dude, I would, I would just push through, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, I can't, but so I, I decided I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go to school anymore because I, I can't play. I can't go to school. I'm not a school person. I'm dyslexic. Like I said, didn't do well in school, didn't do good on testing and stuff like that. I wasn't, I had decent grades, but it never just wasn't for me, man. So I was like, if I'm not going to play sports, I'm not going to go to school. So I didn't get my degree. I didn't go back to school at all. Right. Um, and then I went to work, obviously, you know what I mean? Just working for basic construction jobs, stuff like that. You know, whatever a 20 year old kid can do, you know, degree. Um, what was that like? Man, that was really <laughs> probably the biggest thing that changed my um, mind. Like, you know, I'm, I'm you, when you're in 18, 19, 20, I mean, you're still you're still a kid. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but when I got after after my first year playing college ball, coming home and then getting a job, getting a construction job, you know, for like fifteen dollars an hour with overtime and just busting your ass night and day for construction, but seeing that you're working with people that are like 35 40 years old right. and that's what they right. do and they're making like the same pay and maybe a little more but they're supporting the whole family that was a massive eye-opener for me man because i was like i don't have a degree neither do these people but they're making 17 20 dollars an hour and they have families and 35 40 years old i was like do i want to do this shit for the rest of my life you know what i mean the, I, like what am i gonna do I, and i didn't have no sense of where i was going man i had no idea what i wanted to do you know, the college didn't work out, so I wasn't going to get my degree. Sports didn't happen, so I didn't know. Um, I didn't want to go to trade school, so I was just kind of, like, stuck. And I was like, damn, I just going to work, you know, be, like, a blue-collar worker or whatever for, for 20 years, you know? Or So I decided to go to the fire academy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found out that in quite a lot of school as well and testing. And, you know, I, I went through it. I went to the EMT. I went to the fire school. I went through all that stuff. But, uh you know, it was a very hard process to get on. And it got into where I, you know, really found my chapter in life, which was in the sales three years ago when I started working for X-Dog. So, um, okay. Yeah. So before we get into X-Dog, that's a pretty big part of your life, I feel like. Yeah. It's probably one of the biggest parts of my life, you know? Yeah. So you mentioned you didn't really know, this is a topic that we talked about. I talked about on my previous episodes, but it, you brought it up again. So you you didn't really know what you wanted to do, where you wanted to go after you played, got done playing uh, basketball, but you knew what you didn't want to do, right? Like you knew you didn't want to right. be a coach your whole life. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like 
Cause I think that's a huge thing. Like a lot of people they get lost cause they don't know what they want to do, but if, right. they can, if they can find something they don't want to do, it'll, you know, they can start moving in the general direction that they need to be going. Yeah. hundred percent. I think that's the biggest thing, man, is like a lot of kids like probably have the same type of story. Like, you know, they, you know, had a dream for ball, didn't work out. And then they got a job and it's like, they hated it. And then find something they love to do. But like during that time, you don't know what you're doing. It's like, you know, that quote, they say like, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. You know what I mean? Like, well, obviously I wasn't loving construction. I wasn't loving, you know, these, the, the, the little jobs that I had and I didn't know what to do, but I just kind of took it, you know, obviously from the previous things that happened in life, like with the accident and, you know, friend's death and like just the, the kind of upbringing there, I just took it day by day. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, God has a plan, an opportunity for me. And um, I'm going to continue just to really stay at home, save my money and then just try to really figure something out. And okay. uh, I, th- I think that's the biggest thing, you know, for anybody that's listening or if you're lost, you don't know what to do, man, you just, you know, just push forward and don't just quit, mm-hmm. you know, don't just be like, oh, I'm going to quit this and go start here. And I'm going to quit that and start here. I'm going to quit that and start here. You know what I mean? Just kind of continue the path until you find something that really interests in you and then show passion for it and continue to move forward with that, you know? And then you, you said you found your passion in sales and X dog. So let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, you know, I had a question before you, before I guess, okay, yeah, yeah. that, like, uh, you know, obviously like your, your four years out of high school is completely different than mine. You know what I mean? Maybe for people that are listening, like, you know, you were very good in school. I mean, you're, you're a very, very smart guy. School came very easy to you, obviously. Um, you know, you had a vision of like, you know what I mean? Like I did, I graduated, didn't have a vision after I got done playing ball. You graduated and had a vision for four years straight. You right. know what I mean? So like, tell me kind of how, like, is that something that you thought about growing over is that something that you know it's just kind of embedded in your head like when you left school like oh I wanna, i'm gonna do this i'm gonna stick to it for four years and yeah you know. um so i've always kind of planned out my future like what i wanted to do um growing up kind of like what you said your dad was in law enforcement my dad was in the marine like he would tell me stories about growing up in the marine corps um and so i wanted to do that and then as i got a little bit older i found out about college and i said i want to do that as well and luckily there's a way to do both being the Marine Corps and go to college. So, right. you know, I did that, but honestly, if I didn't, well, sorry. Yeah. That led me to want to go to A&M join the like Corps of cadets or whatever. But then I found out about the Naval Academy, which was kind of the same thing. So I was like, Oh, I, I kind of want to do that now. And luckily, man, I, I was able to get in. If I didn't get into the Naval Academy, I don't know what I would have done. Probably would have gone to A&M. And then if I didn't get into a and I, I honestly don't know what I would have done. Um, right. Probably like community college for a couple of years, but I don't know, man. It's just, I've been fortunate and blessed that what I've wanted to do is stuff that I've been able to get selected for or just achieve. But yeah, I def- right. I've definitely kind of always planned out things um, and always had a backup, but you know, look, yeah. I had to use my backup too many times. Right, right. I mean, it's just, a, it's just a different perspective, like people that, you know, kind of plan things and compared to people that had something planned but didn't go go away, wanted to go. So, yeah. And if you want to, if you want to get into some, some weird stuff, I also believe in like manifestation and like the law of attraction. So anytime I like want to do something or 
you know, have a desire to do something, I've kind of become like slightly obsessed with it. Like I'm, you know, I'm, doing, right, all, I'm right. doing, doing all the research I need to do, reaching out, talking to all the people I need to like, just surrounding myself with that good energy and like, hundred percent, you know, everything that get, that's going to help me get a little bit closer to my goal. I kind of become obsessed with that. So I think that's been a, a contributing factor to some of the stuff. Yeah. I'm manifesting is a mass. Yeah. hundred percent. I believe in that. But um, yeah, so let's get it. So let's get into X dog. Yeah, man. So like that's, that was a massive stepping stone in my life. Um, you know, like I said, grew up change of childhood and then in into high school and into college, you know, playing sports and then, you know, just failing at that and, you know, just doing a bunch of bullshit. And then all of a sudden, man, an opportunity came to where, you know, a guy you know, was like, you know, come work for me while you continue to, to uh, look for what you want to do. You know, this, this job is, you know, it could be an e-commerce job for you. You're in sales. You just, I'll kind of teach you the ropes and we'll go from there. So I did, man. And something that a lot of people don't know is I was, I was 22 at the time and he hired me, man, for a thousand bucks a month. Okay. Um, he was like, I'll pay you $200 a week. You know what I mean? And then I'll give you a thousand bucks a month and um, you can work here. You know, if you want a part-time job too, because it wasn't really like a nine to five, you know what I mean? He paid me a thousand bucks a month. He was like, kind of get some clientele under your, under your belt and start earning commission as well. So okay. we'll go from there. And he's like, I'll give you 90 days. So I was like, okay, cool. I didn't think nothing of it, man. I, I, I did not. I was like, dude, he's paying me a thousand bucks a month. Okay, cool. It's just a little something that I can do until uh, and I can get on to the fire department or I can find whatever I want to do. If I want to go back to school or whatever, you know? Right. Um, so I did that, you know what I mean? And then literally, man, six months in, he, six months in, like, it was like a life changing thing, man. My, uh, my pay went from, 2000 bucks a month to getting paid on, you know, like guys got paid a $30,000 salary, put me on a salary, made me an actual employee, um, started earning, started building a clientele base and started in sales and started earning, you know, at the time, $500 in commission, $1,000 in commission, $1,500 in commission. And the next thing you know, like I had, you know, within the first year, you know, I had like 500 clients, man. And it was just kind of crazy. I was like, damn. This is kind of crazy, man. This is a pet. It's a pet industry. It's something that I like. I love dogs. I love everybody has a dog. Everybody, you know. Oh yeah. Can you? Can you tell? Sorry, I don't think everyone knows what X Dog is, and I totally forgot because I already know what it is. But can you talk a little bit? Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of so X Dog is a it's a a nutrition and supplement company um, in in um, the pet industry. We we were uh, like a little small million dollar business. I mean, multi million dollar business. I mean, we, we weren't. We're pretty well known worldwide, but at the same time, we're not. You know what I mean? It's just it's one of those smaller million dollar businesses in the next side, X Dog, but or inside the pet industry. But that that's what it is. We produce dog food, you know, nutritional supplements and exercise equipment, and you know, all types of stuff for dogs. So it's okay. kind of like a mini Petco. You know what I mean? Really okay. cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was there for a year. Like I said, I had four or five hundred clients in my name, and I was just kind of like, well, I was they making? I wasn't making the best money but i was kind of making decent money you know what i mean and i was like huh I saw you I pushing like, the bins yeah I was like, <laughs> let, me, let me see uh let me see where this can go man so next thing you know man i'm like two and a half three years in and i'm making you know almost probably 60 70 grand a year you know 23 years old no degree 
no right. type of education and you know college education no trade nothing like that i just learned the ropes and had a platform that i was given and continued to you know listen to podcasts and listen to my mentors and you know learn to build on my mistakes and like just focus on the task at hand and just took every took everything day by day right to where i started at $200 and was pulling you know $6000 in a month you know with no degree and no type of like anything like that. So it was very, it was, you know, and that was in the span of two years. So it was really accomplishing, man. Like I look back on it. I'm like, damn, I'm 23, 24 making pretty decent money with, you know, no type of education, but just learning from the on job and learning from just like basically life, like negotiating with people and respecting people and having good intentions and just doing the job I'm supposed to be doing, Right. you know, every day man until the point where i was there for three years had literally when i say it's life-changing like i said from 22 to 24 almost 25 i was there for you know three years had you know over a thousand clients in my portfolio had about 10 clients that were in you know professional like ufc nfl NBA, you know what I mean? Um, in my phone, like took care of their dogs, like to the point where I bought a Mercedes to the point where, you know, I, I was really like kind of, I wouldn't say in over my head, but I was like, damn, like I'm 24. I got, I got clients at the NFL and the UFC. You know what I mean? I got clients. I, I'm, I went and bought a Benz. I went and got, you know, so I was kind of like on a high rise, man. And then I needed to slow down because I realized like, you know, there's a lot of other things to this company that, a lot of people don't see, you know, when it was like, I didn't have a 401k, you know what I mean? I didn't have a lot of benefits. So I was, yeah, I'm making good money, but then there's that part of me that's like, well, damn, you got to like do this. You, then you, you know, you got to kind of get into that area, like where it's like, you got to, once you get older, you got to start looking for like, oh, damn, I got to, I'm eventually going to have to have my own benefits, my own insurance, my own, right. you know, life and all these things. So it was kind of like, hmm. There's a hard balance there too, because yeah, you make good money at a, at a decent age, but you're at the same time. And to me, man, it wasn't, I mean, I wouldn't say it was good money, but it wasn't like I was, I wasn't struggling because I, I had a good intention in what I did with my money and, and how I saved and how I spent my money. So, you know, you can make 70 grand a year at 25 years old and put a lot of money in the bank. If you know what you're doing. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, um, that was a that was a very life changing man. That job was very life changing for me, um, and I felt that I got to a very a point in my life where I was very accomplished because I'm looking at a lot of my friends and like some other people, and they're just kind of like, "Wow, he's doing great. He's doing this, this, and that." And he didn't even go to fucking school, or he didn't even, you know, he he just just you know found something and rolled with it and continued to build with it. So I felt really good about it, you know. Yeah, man. I uh, looking from the outside in, I mean, it was. And like you said, it was inspiring for me to see that because you were able to. Were you like the number two guy or number three guy there, right? Like you kind of helped build. Yeah, it yeah. So it's, yeah, it was the owners, man. Like these two guys, they 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 split the uh, company like fifty fifty, and then I was like that basically like that, that right hand man there. And we ended up having almost about ten employees, and I was probably alongside of them, you know, making good decisions and stuff. So it was yeah, yeah, man. That's, that was awesome to see. Like like I said, from the ground up, <laughs> getting it to you know what it is now that was that was awesome so yeah pretty life-changing what are like if you could pick pick two things like what's the biggest personal lesson you learned and then what's the biggest professional lesson you learned working there or during that time the biggest personal thing that i learned was 
um, I would say, I mean, how to be personable, you know, like, like you're talking to, I'm talking to, you know, 50 to a hundred clients a week. I'm learning how to become like personable and respectable in, in a, in a manner of like, you know, learning what people do for a living, learning how to educate people and how to teach people on, you know, nutrition and like having conversations. And like, that was the biggest lesson really, man, which is like being a very personable person and like respectable person to where like I could talk with anybody and you know they're from New York and I don't even know them right. we're talking about you know a product that can help solve a problem when it comes to their dog or you know, even them like just chatting with them and like you know seeing what they do and how they live you know what I mean so it's becoming very personal and, and respectable as a person um over the th- over three years was you know was a really big thing um I think that was, that kind of sound I mean I feel like in sales, you know, people might have a tendency to look at clients as a dollar sign or right. just another job. But it sounds like you're what you talked about was just building that relationship and actually caring about the person, whether or not they buy the product or not. And, you know, just looking out for them before you're trying to make the sale. Uh, yeah, that that's that was that's really what embedded in my head, man. You, you, you find good intentions and you look at you look at the client as a relationship and as a long term investment than, than compared to somebody that. uh you know, oh, I'm just going to collect your money and not talk to you. You know what right. I mean? So like that, like that's something that I had the upper, I think that's why I was so good at what I did because I had buddies that went to college. I had buddies that are in sales and do all these things, but they, they're just chasing that check. You know I'm mean? Just chasing that bread to where they can, right? you know, earn whatever, you know what I mean? And don't really care when they go home the next day. But like me, I went home the next day and the day after and woke up, you know, but I still had the same clients and built a relationship with those. So it kind of, helped me become very like i said personal born respectable as a person and then what, what, what was it you said professionally um, yeah i mean that's kind of those are it kind of overlaps like the, that personal and professional but if there's any yeah other, i mean things you could yeah, take out that, of that. i mean yeah i mean professional wise um i mean i, I kind of feel is kind of like what i just said in a way right you know, just having respect and being personal with somebody but i mean there's also still like you know, um, well, I think other factors. I think that's interesting that we, we kind of inadvertently touched on that is because I, yeah. I tried to make a distinction between personal and professional, but what you kind of brought to light is there, there really is no difference between how you conduct yourself as a person right. versus as a professional. So, right. You know, if you're talking to your friends, your family, strangers on the street, that's probably how you should be treating potential clients and stuff like that in the workplace so yeah 100 percent. yeah, yeah. it kind of goes you know it goes every aspect of life so yeah okay um so yeah so things are going well business is booming um and then what's next after that point well you know like i said it's almost the past three years of my life and that's a big part of your life man you're, you're from your you know from you being 21 to 25 man i mean i i, I think that everybody really kind of finds themselves there mm-hmm. i think in my opinion from that age about 21 to 25 26 years old man people really find where they're going to be and who they are um and i had the opportunity like i said because there's people man that, that that gone to school you know from high school and graduated 23 24 whatever and then they get home and have this degree and then they're stuck Mm-hmm. you know or like you know we're like so i just kind of really believe that's finding myself was that those three years of my life 
was a massive opportunity that I had and the blessing. Um, but you know, good things come to an end and, uh, you know, it's, it was something I had to deal with, man, is that at the same time, it was a lot of sunshine rainbows, but there was also, um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of hard to say, but like unprofessionalism and disrespect in a way, um, within the company, you know, like, you know, there's people out there, man, and, you know, I'm not saying any names, but there's people out there that can, that can really put you on a high, but at the same time, and, uh, bring you down, right. you know, I guess we could say envy your success or they could like, you could doing all these things, right. But sometimes it's, it's not always right. Or it's not the way it needs to be. And, and then you can be talked to in a certain way, you know, like more of a relationship than a business aspect, like more as a, as a friendship than, a, than an employee or, you know, or, or however you want to take it. And, and I think it kind of put a, a big dent in what I was doing and where everything was going. And that's kind of what happened, man. It was just a lot of, uh, a lot of just unprofessionalism and to me, disrespect in, in a way. Uh, and I just didn't want to continue to move forward with that and end up coming to an agreement and actually getting paid out for leaving the company. But it was just, uh, you know, things can turn south, you know, so. Okay. So weren't happy with what was going on and, you know, not, not really working in the best kind of working climate. So then getting back to what we were talking about earlier, you're, you know, you're changing, going through changes, you have an opportunity to do something new. So what was, what was your mindset? Like, I guess the day you found out that you were going to be moving on or like the day after you left that company, like what, what was going through your mind at that time? I was really, uh, and I was, I mean, obviously I was like full of anxiety, you know, and like, I, I, I'm not depressed or sad or anything, but I was full of anxiety and, you know, and kind of nervous of, damn, what am I really going to do? This is that. But at the same time I was prepared because, you know, at a young age, I got to, you know, really see mentorship and be in a business of e-commerce, being a business of sales and like logistics and, you know, stuff like that to where like, I'm not working for a massive corporate company, but I'm, I'm right beside two people that built a business from ground up and learning the ropes of business, man. Like I literally know so much about business when it comes to like, just like products and knowledge and customer mm -hmm. service, logistics, shipping, packaging, like all types of different things. You know, the same stuff you learn in business school, man, paying, paying and going and paying $50,000 to get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I was like, damn, I had, it's actually a blessing. You know what I mean? I got to learn all this shit firsthand that people pay for. So um, I wasn't really nervous. And I decided, you know, and the big part of, big part of that, man, was um, dating a business owner. Um, okay. You know, dating Emily, man. She's 20. She was started her business at 23, 24 years old. And she, she's 26 now. So, she, you know, she was kind of my same age, but owning a business for a couple of years and pretty doing doing pretty well and doing successful so when like things were starting to fall apart she was right there okay so mm -hmm. you just brought up emily who for those who don't know is your girlfriend when mm -hmm. did when did uh y'all start dating like when did she come into the picture you were still at x dog at the time yeah right so kind so, of yeah what was that like she was uh um so we've been dating for almost a year so she came into my picture you know like before last summer so it's almost been a year um and she met me in 
you know, kind of explained to her what I did, this and that. She explained to me what her, you know, it was just an instant spark, man. It was an instant spark of, uh, um, just, you know, when you find that person, you just know, you know, and then we just, we found each other and it was just, like I said, an instant spark, but she, um, she kept a lot of things together for me when like, you know, obviously the first six months of us being together, there's nothing really, there's not too many problems. But then as it started to die down, there was a lot of stuff that was going on with work and stuff like that. Like she was right there because she was telling me that, you know, she she did all this. You know, she went to college. She went into a, a corporate job and it right. just wasn't where it's supposed to be. And then she quit and she started her own business. So she, just having that backbone and that support, man, um, was a massive thing for me. And it's really, really helped me. And she helped me make a decision like, you know what, like you, you, you know, have money in the bank, you, you have friends and family that support you and I'm right here as well. So like start your own shit. And that's when it got into like, hell yeah. Like I learned, I learned all this stuff as I got older. Mm-hmm. I, I learned a lot, you know, going through all this stuff. So let me start my own stuff, man. So like I uh, got with the buddy that, you know, kind of more say founded the company. Like he had an idea what he wanted to do, like a fitness brand, like fitness equipment, apparel, stuff like that. It's going to continue. And, you know, mark my words, it will be a big business one day. Um, it will be something that uh, that um, is very successful. It just takes time. But um, I was like, you know, what? so I fronted half the money for the inventory and, you know, fronted some money for like the developing the website and stuff like that. And we just started it off. And, you know, it's been a week and we've done pretty well. You know, we've had a decent amount of sales and kind of creating a buzz on social media and we're just trying to move forward. So that um, is really the ultimate goal, man. You know, it's just being where I want to be, owning my own stuff um, and being in control of my own life and being able to tell myself what I want to do. So, okay. Yeah. You touched on a lot of stuff there. Um, I kind of want to go back and unpack some things. So, yeah. Emily comes into the picture and, you know, you're working at X dog at this time. You didn't have your own, your own personal business, but can you talk a little bit about how y'all have been able to elevate each other's game? Like how, how y'all have been able to feed off of each other. So you given her some of the tips that you learned from X dog um, to implement to her business and then her and her experience to help you, you know, move on to this new business. Like, can we talk about that back and forth? Yeah. Um, you know, when I was with X dog and she was doing her, which, you know, for y'all that don't know, she owns a meal prep service company. So if you're a fit person and wanting to become fit or you exercise, whatever, she owns a service, the meal prepping company. So, um, can you say, can you tell everyone like their, uh, the name of her business and maybe where they can yeah, find out more information? Yeah. It's busybodyprep.com. And she's located in Dallas, Texas. So, um, and you can find it on busybodyprep.com. But um, um, yeah, man, I mean, I met her and she was obviously doing really well, but still lacking a bunch of stuff when it came to like, just, I would say e-commerce wise, like uh, maybe like, like email marketing and, um, mm-hmm. you know, like just uh social media platforms and stuff like that so i just kind of took a lot of the things that we did as a company that we're a million dollar company you know what i mean and i you know, she's a six-figure company so i was able to take a lot of the things that i learned and kind of feed it to her and then I, plus i got a lot of our friends and stuff on it too man so it helped create a buzz here as well and she was really thankful for that and she took a lot of it into consideration and started applying it to her business to where um she's now doing better than she was six months ago so that's a massive accomplishment and then on top of that um 
you know, for her to me was just really like I said, being that backbone. Like I was like, damn, like I love what I do, but I don't want to, I want to own my own shit like you do. You know what I mean? She was like, well, you can, right. You just got to find out what you want to do. So like I gave her a lot of business ideas and a lot of like, like stuff that I learned from mentors. And she gave me something that I didn't have, which was, you know, as a young person owning their own business. So she was able to tell me, you know, kind of the ropes of that and like the benefits of that. And, you know, being where she was at compared to where I was at. And it was just, we clicked and jail really well together to where it's like, seems like everything's perfect. You know what I mean? And um, like how it's supposed to be. So, I mean, we uh, just kind of fed off in each other like that. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Y'all, y'all are both doing pretty good things. So you mentioned what you're doing now. So what's the name of your company and what are y'all, what exactly are y'all doing? <laughs> so the company is called Lifted Mafia um it's it's a fitness brand um we you know have you know weight weight belts you know like for fitness weight belts we have wrist wraps we'll be coming out with like you know versa grips and other things that you can use for for lifting um but we're also be dropping apparel as well so like we're going to come out with some some really dope ass hoodies um t-shirts you know hopefully like backpacks and a lot of things man like you see some of these bigger fitness companies out there that, that have like for instance like um you know, y'all might not know like Rogue or Inaka or, right. you know, some of these bigger companies, man. Uh, we're trying to just make a name in the fitness industry. Um, so that's what it is. It's, it's lifting. It's the liftingmafia.com. So it's <clears throat> the liftingmafia.com is that's where you can find our website at. And it's okay. getting, um, getting a lot better, man. And it's just been really, you know, it's a process. So that's awesome. Okay. So, you got that going on. Is that what you're doing full time or what's like your plan for the next year so to five years? My plan now, man, I'm kind of, you know, the process of writing down the vision board now is, is really so creating this business, owning the, owning this own business and running it up. But at the same time, I get into real estate. Um, so I'm about to start my real estate license. I'm gonna try to get real, become a realtor within now by now in summer. So next two and a half, three months. And then hopefully from summer to the end of 2020, you know, for the next six months after that, once I get my license, man, just really start killing it in real estate and then eventually become my own broker, but also at the same time own my own company. Um, so just have the best of both worlds of really working for myself and making, you know, good money when it, I mean, it sells, you know, and you just having consumers and sales and stuff like that. So that's where I'm headed and that's what I, uh, what I'm doing. Awesome, man. Um, tell me about <laughs> Scuddy. What's it like? What's the story with that? Cause that dude or that dog, he went viral not too long ago. So Scuddy was a part of X dog. You know, it, it was a, it was a deal as far as a company thing that um, a lot of people think that, I mean, a lot of people, obviously he's my dog and everybody knows he's my dog, but some people think that like it was a company dog and I'm, and, and so basically what had, what happened is I wanted a dog. I was going to buy a dog myself, but the company, we came together as a company and as you know, people and we're like, Hey, you know, how about we just get this dog for you? You know what I mean? Basically like a bonus check, a bonus write off. Okay. So I, I got the dog but in, in contract and then in everything when it came to like the actual legal documentation of like getting this was, uh, it's in my name. It's my dog. I own the owner rights. I have the, you know, ability, like the breedings, the, um, the breedings, the, uh, you know, paperwork, all the documentation, stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it's hundred percent 
you know, my dog. And then it's, uh, <clears throat> um, you know, if you don't know who he is, his Instagram, <laughs> his Instagram has probably like 4,000 followers, but yeah, he did go viral on TikTok with like 3 million views on one post. And then one of the posts on Instagram has like half a million too. So like, he's honestly probably by summertime will have like 10,000 to 20,000 followers on Instagram. So yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. He's like low key kind of famous. <laughs> he's handsome. Yeah, he's a beast. If you, don't, you don't know. You don't know how he looks, man. He's, he's a beast. I mean, he was a very he, and 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 that's another plan too. I forgot to actually mention. I, I am breeding him. You know, he's a dog that he's obviously genetically gifted very well. You know, very well. You know, he looks awesome. He's genetically gifted, and he's um, comes from a great bloodline. So I'm actually going to be breeding him, and I'll probably make five, ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars. You know, my first year breeding him because you know the looks and genetics and the puppies and all that stuff too so what's up with his, uh, what's up with his diet so he eats raw i mean you know i feed him on i feed him raw and then he eats like you know obviously kibble but also raw meat and he'll eat like blueberries and uh, like eggs <laughs> and coconut oil man he honestly dude he eats like five star like it'd be like basically you going out to a five-star restaurant eating a steak every night that's kind of how he eats. So, I mean, I, I learned the ropes of that too through nutrition when it came to the fitness, the pet industry. So, yeah, I saw that that tube of meat. That's like what fifteen pounds, twenty pounds of ground beef that you feed him. Twenty pounds, which is like <laughs> thirty or forty dollars, and he goes through that like every two weeks. That's insane, man. Yeah, you so can tell like, he, you could tell he's getting his protein. Hell, hell yeah! So, all right, man. Um. So I'm gonna hit you with a co- just a couple of like, questions. We can start wrapping up. Um, so a, while, a long time ago, like when we first started talking at the beginning of this podcast, you talked about, um, you know, your dad was in law enforcement and stuff, and that kind of geared you towards one to do that initially. Can you talk about the influence that your parents had on you, or or and or the influence that you think? parents have on kids in general and like what your perspective is on that and the importance of it yeah i mean with my dad being in law enforcement you know not necessarily in law enforcement but he wasn't a cop but he was in the federal bureau so my dad was in the federal government so like you know a step up from that so it was like you know you, as a kid you didn't want to do no bad shit because you're like damn my dad's in the federal bureau you know what right. i mean like so i just Growing up, man, I just had a lot of sh- – I wasn't, I wasn't, like, very uh, – you know, I wasn't controlled or anything. I had fun and was able to do it. But I had a lot of structure. Like, I just knew to stay away from certain things. I knew to uh, do certain things and just how to react and have manners and respect. You know, you can put it there at the, at the end of that. It's just a lot of respect. So, I think they – I think your parents had a massive influence, especially if they come from – you know, however they come from, wherever they grow up, you're supposed to listen to them, man, and respect them. You know what I mean? Obviously, it's harder said than done certain people and their situations and their backgrounds. But, you know, for me, that was a, a big deal, you know. Okay. Um, what, uh, what are some things or who are some people that motivate you and kind of keep you going whenever you're down? Well, I mean, one is obviously Emily, you know, you know, my partner. Um, she's probably the biggest one you know supports me and uh tells me i can do anything i want and put you know put my mind to and just that's a lot of love and support there but then you know obviously my mom and dad but you know 
you know, everybody knows, you know, who me and Chaz are. He's a guy that uh, really will hold each other accountable at any time. And um, we both have a massive vision and went through some hard times. So I think that, uh, you know, them and my family, my girlfriend, uh, him, you know, really as a, as a person, and, you know, mentor, mentor friend, you know, mentor slash friend, um, or really people, you know, obviously I have a, you know, anybody really, a lot of friends and family, but uh, you know, those are the ones that really touch the most. Awesome. All right. And then uh, last question, what does way mean to you or who are you? So way, man, that's um, something that, you know, I really find um, really exciting and like a very, you know, beneficial thing that for one you're doing and, you know, the podcast and the movement and just the brand itself, because I think that it sums up everything that you want to be, you know, as in a person, like, you know, like for me, I want to be successful, not in terms of like money, right. Not in terms of like money and, you know, the flashy things and all the things that you could have like luxury things in the world, but like be successful in a way of like having a relationship with my family, having a relationship with my friends, having a relationship with my, my spouse and those three things are, I think the most important. And then also, you know, having financial freedom and the, and the things that come with that too. So I think together way is like, you know, it's find your wife, find your way through life and being who you are. So just have the good things that are right in front of you and, and continue to, you know, accomplish your, your dreams and your aspirations with, uh, with that. So I think that's my opinion. That's what your brand and what you're doing right. stands for. You know I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Badass, man. Um, it's great. It's a great thing, bro. Thank you. I know I said that was the last thing, but you brought us on that. I've, I've been thinking about personally, just, I think to myself a lot and that's kind of why I, part of the reason I also started this podcast was just to help me think as well, think out loud, but you talked about success and I think how your definition of success changed. I know mine has like, you you talk about having the flashy car, having the nice house, having all this money in the bank, stuff like that. You, and you kind of defined your success now as having meaningful relationships with people that you care about um, financial freedom, which doesn't necessarily mean being rich, but it means, I think it means just being at peace and, that's right. one thing that's one thing that I've started trying to embrace more is just the peace of mind like you can't really put a price tag on that and it's such a good feeling when when you're at peace that that's really all I want like I don't need a big house I just need a small house you know people that I love just so I can be at peace and and just right, 100%. Be calm. So, yeah 100% I love that that's, that's definitely the same yeah same where I'm in mean, mindset wise you know yeah man Okay. Like awesome. I had I had the bins, dude. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I exactly. Had, I had a forty thousand dollar car at twenty three years old. You know what I mean? Mercedes like costs two hundred something dollars to change your oil, bro. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Like I don't need that shit, dude. Like that's not what's important. You know. Yep. So I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, talked about some good things here, and honestly, I'm I'm impressed. Um, you know, because I got kind of got to see you grow up a little bit. I'm not much older than you, but I'm just saying, you know, from the outside looking in, seeing everything you've been able to accomplish, um, your drive, you know, your motivation, it's inspiring to me. And I'm, I'm truly excited to see 
where you take, you know, your life in the next year or two. Cause I know you're going to be doing some big things, man. Yeah. And, and same to you, man. Like you, the things that you've gone through and what you've accomplished and being where you're at, especially, you know, in that relationship. And, you know, that's one of the things, man, like you, you probably, I mean, I'm sure you've heard it, but then for me, like, you know, I look up to you in a way of like relationship wise, man, the things you were able to accomplish with Morgan and, right. you know, being away from each other like that, man. And being like, it just shows, you know, how much you're great of a guy and how much loving and caring that, you know, we have to offer and something that, you know, I want for myself as well. So. Absolutely. I thank you, man. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. All right, man. So well, we can wrap it up. Well, perfect, any- man. Y'all stay tuned. And once this is posted, go ahead and listen to it. <laughs> for sure. And, and share it. Um, yeah, definitely. All right, man. Well, I'll holler at you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, bro. All right. Later.